announcement uh, didn't get in your bulletin. Uh, you men, there is Bible study at Gus's Garage tomorrow night, like every Monday night. So uh, in case you were wondering why it wasn't in the bulletin, um, just an oversight. It's there. Go to the garage. Have a great time of fellowship and study. Well, I've got my brick, and I've got my duct tape, old Bible, and I'm a year older. What more could you ask as a congregation? Uh, I, I do want to uh, show you what it says on my brick. It says, changed lives. And uh, if you've been in my office, you know that this sits in my office. And it continues to remind me of, of why we're here. Okay? Why we're here as a church. It's all about changed lives. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. First series of the year. And uh, it's called The Vision. And today's message is called Transformed Lives. So, would you pray with me? Our Father, we give you thanks for this day. It's been so good to be here. So good to to worship you through song, to just quietly sit there in our chairs and, and speak to you in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And now, Lord, would you speak to us? Um, we've said things to you. Now, would you uh, speak through your word and begin to really minister to our hearts as the year begins uh, on this subject that we'll be addressing? Thank you for each person that's here. Father, we're here because you want us here. And we look forward to what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I had my uh, annual physical exam this week. And somehow it turned out to be on my birthday. So the first person I spent time with on my birthday was my doctor. And... Uh, you know, it's a good thing to have an annual physical exam. It's even a wise thing. At my age, it's very wise. But I think for any of us, even those of us who think we're pretty healthy, it's an okay thing to have that annual checkup, that annual uh, physical exam. In fact, I think it's okay and wise and good for a church to have an annual exam an annual physical. Um, and maybe instead of calling it a physical, we can call it a spiritual. We need spiritual exams. We need annual uh, spiritual exams as a church. But we can't do that without having annual spiritual exams as individuals because we are the church. I'm sure you know that by now. You are the church. We are the church. And how we're doing eventually determines how the church is doing. So not only do we need these um, exams, these checkups as a church, but we need them as individuals. And that's what this first series is about. Um, <clears throat> we're going to have a spiritual exam in the next weeks as a church and as individuals. And what we're going to use um, as kind of our stethoscope 
is we're going to use our vision. Uh, years ago, the leadership of this church prayed about and uh, put together what we felt God wanted us to have as our vision as a church. And so well, we're going to use that uh, in the next weeks to kind of give ourselves an exam and a checkup. Um, we do have a vision. We do. And uh, Nathan made that very clear. I thought he was going to just go on and preach my message. That would have been fine, you know. I could have just got up here and closed in prayer. Um, <clears throat> and then Lawrence brought the joke, so I don't have to tell a joke. And um, great team effort. Um, but we do have a vision. And uh, you can see our vision in numerous places. Nathan mentioned one. Um, it's always up there over the piano. And, of course, uh, some of you probably would need to sit closer to the front if, if you were to read it. But uh, it's always there to remind us um, when we come. Uh, transformed lives. Fully devoted followers of Christ. Uh, it's also, if you notice, on your directory. Did you pick up a new directory? They're back there. Um, if you bring that home, every time you look at it, you're going to be reminded of our vision this year. Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. And of course, every one of these six weeks, that's how long this series will last, uh, you will be reading that vision statement up on the screen and on your study sheet. You can't get away from it. Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. And if that's not enough, did anybody notice what's over the main entrance as you come in? There's a banner. Guess what it says? Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. I challenge you, every time you come into this building this year, look up and uh, remind yourself of our vision. Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. As you can see, I know it by heart. And by the end of these six weeks, so will you. And if you don't, we'll help you. It'll be somewhere, everywhere during the year. So we're going to talk about this. What is the vision? Uh, when we talk about a vision, we're not talking about some kind of... Uh, uh, kind of spooky dream uh, appearance. We're not talking about that. The word vision, when you think about the word itself, it, it has the idea of seeing. You no? Know, seeing. And uh, that's the idea. To, to be able to see and to picture something out ahead. So, when you're talking vision, you're talking about something that you see and picture with your mind's eye. And it's always something that's out ahead that gives you direction. It, it becomes something that, that you desire to be at down the road. Or something that you want to be down the road. That's a vision. It's it's seeing and picturing something that gives you direction. And as a church, 
We have chosen. This is our vision. This is what we, in our mind's eye, see and picture down the road. And it's what we're moving toward as a church and hopefully as individuals. And that is that our lives would be transformed. And as that happens, we would become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's what we see. That's what we picture. That's what we desire. That's what we move toward. That's our vision. So we're going to talk about that uh, for the next uh, few weeks to begin this year. Um, Notice on your sheet, we're going to go through three things concerning transformation. Today, just to talk about that idea, to talk about what that vision says there on your paper. First of all, those of us who are Christians have been transformed, past tense, in our salvation. When we trusted Jesus Christ for salvation, we were transformed. It was immediate. There were things that changed. That's what transformation is, right? It's, it's a changing. And those of us who are Christians, when we were saved, when we came to Christ for salvation, we were transformed <clears throat> in some ways, immediately. Uh, first of all, and you're going to have to look up some of these scriptures because it would take us all day to, to go to every one of them. But in these scriptures, we find out that in our salvation, our condition was changed immediately. We, we were sinners, lost sinners. But in salvation, that was transformed. It was changed. And we became forgiven. No longer lost. Before salvation, we were separated from God. No relationship. In our salvation, immediately, we were reconciled with God. Able to enter a relationship with Him. Before our salvation, the Bible says we were slaves to sin. Sin controlled our lives. But when we trusted Christ for salvation, that condition was transformed and changed. The Bible says we were freed. When the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Through Jesus, we were freed from sin's control. Not its presence, not yet, but from its control over us. No longer slaves to sin. Before salvation, we were under the wrath of God. We were under judgment. We were headed for an eternity of judgment because of our sins. But that condition changed immediately in our salvation. And we received eternal life. We were rescued from the wrath of God, from his judgment. And so, in salvation, those of us who have trusted Christ for salvation have already been transformed in that way. Our condition was changed, transformed. Also, our identity Who we are was changed. We were transformed identity-wise. In John 1.13, we're told that when we received Jesus, when we believed in Him, we received the right to be called what? The children of God. 
Before then, we weren't children of God, no matter what the world says. We were not children of God. But through salvation, our identity changed. And we became children of God. He's our Father. We became followers of Jesus. That's our identity. That came through salvation. Followers of Jesus. Our identity was changed. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we became new creations, Paul says. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. That's our identity. We're new because of salvation. We are witnesses. We are ambassadors for Christ because of salvation. We are a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit because of salvation. That change came about as to who we are when we were saved. So, we've been transformed in salvation. It happened immediately. Our condition changed. Our identity changed. You know what else changed? Our place. Our place changed. <clears throat> Take a look at Colossians 1. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> In talking about Jesus, we come to verse 13, and Paul says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. When we were saved, immediately there was a change of place. We were no longer living in the kingdom of darkness. But through our salvation, that place changed. We are now in the kingdom of light. We were transferred from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. Our place changed immediately. Through salvation. Take a look at Acts. Chapter 26. <clears throat> Acts 26. <clears throat> Paul talking here about what Jesus said to him when he was saved. <clears throat> and how he wanted to use Paul. Verse 18. Acts 26, 18. Paul says that God had told him he was going to use them this way, to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. What's the place there? It's a place among those who are also saved, those who are also saved by faith. We call it the body of Christ. We call it the, the church. We call it the family of God. But through our salvation, there is a change of place. We didn't belong. Now we're part of a place. We're in the body of Christ. We're in the family of God. Our place changed through our salvation. It was transformed. And then, John chapter 14. <clears throat> John 14. Right before Jesus is going to be arrested and 
and crucified and, and all of those happenings. In the upper room, he says this to his followers. John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. If we study other scriptures, what's the place he's talking about? Where is he going? Where is he going to bring us? It's heaven. It's the Father's presence. Through salvation, our place changed. We are one day going to be in the presence of God. Jesus is preparing that place. And so, we just need to understand that we as Christians have already experienced transformation. Change. It was in our salvation. It was immediate when we trusted Christ for salvation. Our condition changed. It was transformed. Our identity changed. It was transformed. Our place changed. Transformed. Past tense. Now I want you to jump to number three on your study sheet. There is coming a time when as Christians who were transformed, conditioned, identity, place, in our salvation, will experience more transformation. There is coming a time. And we will be transformed. There's a future transformation, change. The Bible calls it glorification. And it will be immediate. And it will happen when Jesus returns and we see him. There will be transformation, a change. In two ways. 1 John 3, 2. 1 John 3, 2. John is just amazed that he could be called a child of God and all that that means. And so he says in 1 John 3, verse 2, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. John says, when Jesus appears and we see him immediately, we will be like him. There will be a completion of Christ-likeness. Immediately, when we see him, we will become like him. But that's not the only thing. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. Right at the end of the chapter. Verse 20. Paul says, but our citizenship is in heaven. See, that's the change of place. That's where our citizenship is, heaven. He says, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. 
when Jesus returns, there will be transformation. It will be immediate. We will see Jesus, and the Christ likeness will be complete. It will be like him. But also when he returns and we see him, it says he will transform our lowly body. That it will be like his glorious body. We'll receive new bodies. Transformation. Changed. That's what we have to look forward to. A transformation. When we see Jesus. But what we're going to focus on in this series, these weeks, is number two on your sheet. We have already, those of us who are Christians, been transformed when we trusted Christ for salvation. Okay? Our condition, our identity, our place transformed, changed. The time is coming when we will be transformed Glorification. It will happen immediately when Jesus returns and we see him. We'll become like him. And we will receive a new body. A body that's been transformed into the likeness of his resurrected body. But in the meantime, there's a gap, right? And that gap is now. That gap is now as we live here as Christians on this earth. And according to Scripture, there is a transformation going on now. Or at least it should be going on right now. And it's not immediate. It's ongoing. And uh, some call it sanctification. The process of growing. The process of moving toward Christ-likeness. And that's an ongoing thing throughout our Christian life. That's a transformation that we need to be experiencing now. And that's what we're going to talk about in this series. So, first of all, we need to know that the Christian life is about transformation, not just information. Christian life isn't just about what you know. It's important what we know. We need to get into the Word of God. We need to know God better. We need to know His ways, His principles, His will. Um, we need that information. But the Christian life isn't just learning that information. The Christian life is about being transformed by that information. It's about life change. It's about growing. It's about becoming more and more like Jesus. The Apostle Paul describes it in Second Corinthians Chapter 3, 2 Corinthians three eighteen. He says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Notice, we are being transformed. It's an ongoing thing. We are being transformed into his likeness. That's what the Christian life is about. It's about transformation. Being transformed into the likeness of Christ. The word from the Greek, when you, when you see transform or transformation, 
is the Greek word metamorphosis, or some version of metamorphosis. And most of us know what metamorphosis is. It's about change. And uh, we have this wonderful graphic that I had no part in um, for our series. Isn't that great? It's on your directories, too, uh, and on your study sheet. But uh, that's transformation. That's metamorphosis. You start with this caterpillar or larva, whatever they call it, and there's this process that takes place of change, of, of growth. And it's called metamorphosis. It's called transformation. And that's the word that the Bible uses when it talks about us being transformed into the likeness of Christ. It's like our vision is that out there, you and I will be butterflies, right? We will be fully devoted followers of Christ. We will be like him. That's the vision. Transformation. And our Christian life is kind of like what we see there. It's this ongoing process of growing, of maturing, of becoming more and more like Jesus. About being created into a different kind of person. In the way we live, in the way we think, the way we relate. It's transformation. And that's what our vision says. That's, that's what we have as a church, chosen as our desire and what we look ahead to. We want to see every individual in this church who's involved with us becoming more and more a fully devoted follower of Christ, experiencing that transformation as time goes on. That's our vision for ourselves and for our church. And it won't be true of our church, again, unless it's true of enough of us to make it true of our church. But it's our vision. It's what we're headed for. And that's why I have this brick. And I mean, not, not to do anything to you, but I have this brick in my office to keep reminding me as a leader in this church, maybe you should all get your own brick, um, that... You know, our vision doesn't involve what a building is going to look like someday. You know, what a facility is going to look like someday. Our vision doesn't involve numbers and how many people will be a part of this church. Our, our vision doesn't involve finances. Our vision as a church is about changed lives. That's how we know if we are a healthy church or not. Are there changed lives? It's transformation happening. Are people's lives being changed? Moving toward being more and more fully devoted to Christ. That's our vision. Why? Why should that be our vision? Transformation. Well, first of all, because it's God's plan. Romans 8. Romans chapter 8. 
Many of us are familiar with verse 28. We go back to it and cling to it when we're going through difficult things. Verse 28 says, Romans 8, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. But notice what he also says in the next verse about those who love him and are called. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. That's God's plan. His plan is that his people, the people who love him that he's called, will become like Jesus. Be transformed into his likeness. It's God's plan. So why shouldn't it be our vision? It's God's plan. We want God's plan. Therefore, we want transformed lives. People becoming fully devoted followers of Christ. It's not only God's plan, but it's commanded. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. Verse 14. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. What does it mean to be holy? Well, simply it means be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. And we are commanded to be holy. So it's a matter of obedience. So why wouldn't we have that as our vision? We want to be obedient. And God says, be holy, for I am holy. So, it's God's plan. It's his command. It's our vision. That we would be transformed as our lives go on as Christians, we would become fully devoted followers of Christ. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, three things that are very important. First of all, Romans 12, 2 says that it involves our mind. If we're going to be transformed and become fully devoted followers of Christ... It's going to involve our thinking. And in verse 2 of Romans 12, it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, there it is, by the renewing of your mind. Our minds need to be transformed. Our minds need to be changing. Our thinking, our perspective. That's how transformation starts. It starts in the mind with how we think. And then it includes obedience. James said in his letter, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Listening to the word will not change us. Doing the word changes us. It's when we obey. It's when we put into practice what God is saying to us. That's when change begins to take place because 
it begins to change our way of thinking. It changes our mind. And our mind begins to influence how we live. And we become more and more obedient to the Word because it's becoming part of our thinking. So our mind is being renewed and it's leading us to obey the Word of God. And then what's really important is that the Holy Spirit, who is living in us, by His power, the change occurs. It's that Spirit living in us by His power. So, our minds are renewed. Our thinking is changed. We obey God's Word. And the Holy Spirit takes that and by His power changes us. And we, I mean, I suppose you could say we go from a worm to a butterfly, but we, we go from a, a new, changed person through salvation to a fully devoted follower of Christ who is becoming more and more like Him. That's the transformation we're talking about in our vision statement. But here's a question back when we decided this would be our vision for this church. The question that was brought up was this. That's a fine vision, desire. But how are we going to know if we're moving toward it? How are we going to know What's going to be the evidence if it's happening or not in the lives of individuals or as a group? How how are we going to know? What are we going to look for to determine how we're doing with our vision? And we came up with the answer. And that's what the rest of the series is about. We're going to talk about the answer to that question. Okay, this is our vision. Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. But what is a fully devoted follower of Christ? As we look down the road in our mind's eyes, what do we picture? What is a fully devoted follower of Christ? seems like we need to have some idea Otherwise, we'll never know if we're moving toward our vision, right? So in the next weeks, we're going to talk about the answer to that question. How will we know if we're moving toward the vision? What is a fully devoted follower of Christ? And so hopefully you'll be with us for that. But for now, let me leave you today with three questions, personal questions that I think would be important for you to take care of this week before we go any further concerning our vision. First question, can you say that the vision of our church is your personal vision? Honestly, think through that question. As a church, our vision statement that's been chosen is transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. Is that your vision for yourself? Is that your desire? That you would be transformed into a fully devoted follower of Christ. Whatever that means. Is that your desire?
It would be good to honestly think that through. Second question. How are you doing right now in this? Um, Is there any transformation evidence in your life that you are becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ? How are you doing? It's our annual spiritual exam. Okay. How are you doing? In becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ. You need to think that through. Kind of identify where you're at in that. And then third, what steps will you need to take in order to move forward with this vision? If this is your vision, if this is what you desire, to be a fully devoted follower of Christ, and if you think it through as to where you're at right now, I would guess all of us would say, we're not there yet. If we think about what fully devoted means, we're not there yet. So the question is, what will it take? What will it take for you to be moving toward that and becoming that? You have to answer that. Because many of you have enough history in the Christian life to have already learned some of the things that might help you that have helped you in the past, but maybe you aren't doing now. But you've identified the things, the steps that will help you become a fully devoted follower of Christ. To help that change keep going. So, that's our vision. Fully devoted followers of Christ. It's going to call for transformation, change. um, Transformed lives. Fully devoted followers of Christ. In the next weeks, read it often. As you enter the building, look up, read it, be reminded of it. As you walk into the building, if you have to get close, walk over there, read it on the banner. Um, every week uh, in this series, you will have it on your study sheet. Read it there. Every time you go to your directory to call somebody or pray for somebody, read it on the front. Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. Memorize it. There will be a test at the end of February. No, there won't be. There won't be. It's not hard to memorize, is it, Nathan? I mean, he did really well up here. He quoted it. It's great. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're going to really zoom in on that. But the question we're going to ask every week is, how do we determine if it's happening? What does it look like to be a fully devoted follower of Christ? And I pray that every one of us And that's kind of unrealistic, but every one of us would choose to pursue that, to pursue this vision, that God would transform us into fully devoted followers of Christ. Oh, what that would do to our church and how it would impact our communities around us. 
because he had a whole bunch of fully devoted followers to Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for um, your word. Father, your plan is that our lives be transformed and we become like Jesus, more and more like him. And Father, you commanded us to be involved in that, to be involved in that process. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who will help us, but Lord, give us the desire to pursue that vision individually. And Father, may enough of us be moving toward being fully devoted followers of Jesus that it will impact our church. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the possibilities as we pursue this vision. In Christ's name, amen.